unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back, copywriters, to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I am doing fantastic, and business is taking off, and I, in a large part due to these weekly sessions that we have, so I don't even really want to, I don't want to take up any more time. I just want to get into the learning. Well, let me take you back 30 years, and I'll, I will quickly bring you up to the present, uh, but I started teaching writing 30 years ago, and one of the biggest challenges my students always faced was the amount of time it takes to write. Mm-hmm. And, and this, of course, was especially true for people who had to do writing as one of a few or one of many tasks in their business or their lives, not just people who all they do is write. But it was a problem for everybody. And over the years, I've developed systems and techniques that help people write faster. But I've never before shared the system for writing copy faster that I'm going to share today. And this one is based on some of the same ideas I used 30 years ago for doing other kinds of writing that worked so well. And we'll move on in a minute to talk about this system. But first, there's this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So as somebody who a majority of my business comes from email, sometimes waking up each morning or two or three times a week and just staring at the blank screen and trying to figure out what to write. And even once I get started hitting those speed bumps and, uh, and just having to come to a complete stop is just such a frustrating thing. And even for me, I've been doing it for oh, going on three years now, and I still run into this. So I'm super excited to get into what we're going to be talking about today. Well, I got 27 years in you, Nathan, not to compare size of years or anything, but um, yeah, um, that that's true. And so w- what you're describing gets right to the heart of the problem. One of the reasons you and almost everyone else in the world who writes or tries to write, one of the problems everyone has is they're from the point of view, and you'll understand this more fully after we get into this a bit, you're trying to do too many mental steps at the same time. Like, what am I going to write? Like, you're supposed to somehow come up with all your research, figure out your structure, all of the components of what you're doing, and just start rolling it out, you know, like toothpaste smoothly coming out of the tube at the beginning of the tube rather than when you're trying to squeeze it out at the end. And that's what doesn't work. You know, that would be like, uh, okay, I'm going to make a meal, so start cooking. 
Uh, well, actually, you might need to figure out what you're going to have and then get the ingredients out and then prepare them and yada, yada, and so on. So let me jump into this. It's it's systematic, and it covers five steps. And the nice thing about this, in addition to the terror of the blank page of not knowing what to write, these steps will take the hard work out of the writing itself because the writing is the fifth step. And and here's the key. This this whole sentence, next sentence, is the key. By concentrating only on each step when you do it, not even thinking about anything else, you cut way down on distractions and way down on the anxiety of not knowing what to do next by just concentrating only on what you're doing. Now, uh, I want to be completely forthcoming about this. What I'm going to show you doesn't always make writing copy easy as pie, but it always makes it a lot easier and faster than the way you've been doing it before. Okay? Nice. Okay. So depending on whether you're writing an email or a web page or a video sales letter or a webinar or even a book, um, there's a first step. And the first step is research. And Sometimes you do research without knowing exactly what you're going to write. You just need to, you know, like a surveyor or like a cowboy on a horse out in the Old West, you need to take a survey of what's around you. you so you do your research, and, and this is also key. You organize your research in a way so it's easy to access later on. Now, people do this a lot of ways. Some people use index cards. Some people put it in three-ring binders with uh, tabs. Um, I have a friend and a client who's an A-list copywriter, and he puts it all in a Word document. He just has it very organized by subsection of research. You c- a lot of people like... Um, um, what's, what's that free app? You use it all the time, right? Evernote. Yeah. Thank you. Evernote. Evernote works well for some people. Uh, whatever research system you use is not nearly as important as organizing it so you can access it. So it's at your fingertips, you know, literally or virtually or whatever. And there are three kinds of research you're going to want to do. And depending on what you're doing, they can be pretty superficial or they can be very much in depth. And they are your product or service. In other words, what's in it? What is it? Um, How is it created? Origin story, stuff like that. Your customer or your avatar, the customer, the prospect that you want to reach out to. You want to do research on that kind of person, who they are, where they live, um, what their values are, what their preferences are, their goals, their fears, all of that stuff. And you want to research your competitors. And again, I've said this before, a lot of people think, well, my product has no competition. And in the most pure and idealistic and abstract sense, that could be true. But from a customer's point of view, every dollar is being competed for by savings, tax, spending or buying one thing or another or investment or maybe (laughs) lending it to someone else. There are a lot of, there's a lot of competition uh, for every dollar and that's the competition you're looking at. You know, 
in, instead of buying this, what else might my consumer buy, especially in this category, or to solve the problem this is solving? So I know this is sounding like a hell of a lot of work, but you can really get through all of this in a few hours if it's a big piece, or a few minutes if it's just an email, okay? And until so you get it organized, that's step one. Get all your research done in advance and organize it so it's easy to access. Now, step two is going to seem a little counterintuitive. It sounds like, uh, in baseball terms, it sounds like you're going to third base before you even hit the ball. If we want something a little more friendly to women, maybe in cooking terms, it, it sounds like you're straining the spaghetti before you've even put it in boiling water. But Still, there's a very good reason for doing this. It helps you organize everything else, and there's not nearly as much pressure to do this as there is to write the whole thing, and that is step two is write out your offer. And to review, a lot of people aren't sure what their offer is. It's, you know, if if you're selling a lump of coal, the offer is not a lump of coal. It is the magical ingredient that makes diamonds worth millions, something you can hold in your hand, understanding it is the seed of a great fortune. Um, well, that's pretty cheesy, but <laughs> nevertheless, you understand the, the offer is, is putting benefits and imagination, even romance, in many cases in a non-sexual, non uh you know, love relationship way, putting romance around what you're selling. It's the best possible version of features and benefits. So you could, so with what you're writing in your offer, you could sell a primed customer what you have just with that description. And remember, you'll be dropping it into your copy later. You might be editing it a little bit, but get the offer out of the way, get it done. And you've mentioned this before. A couple reasons why to do this. Your offer is going to be the end, but if you get clear on your offer, you have a clear goal to work towards through the rest of your piece. And a lot of times, writers kind of lose momentum towards the end of a piece. So if they've got the most important part of the piece already done at the beginning, if they do start to lose momentum, they're not writing the most important piece while they're also suffering writer's fatigue. Yeah, I mean, imagine that you were doing a marathon and at at uh, milepost 12, somebody comes in and says, hey, do me a favor. Would you deadlift these 500 pounds four times? <laughs> that it, If you could do that at all, it'd sure be easier before you'd been running for 12 miles. So same idea. Okay, step three is write out your bullets. Now, bullets, and we did a whole session on bullets, and we could probably do 12 more sessions on bullets. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the number 12 is sticking in my mind. Must be, must be, I don't know, maybe the song After Midnight is running <laughs> through my head. Bullets, when you write a bullet, it's not like a little summary of what you're selling. It's, you know, like if, if, you're, if you're selling a lump of coal, you're not going to just talk about the coal, but you might talk about the important difference between anthracite and whatever the other kind of coal is. Um, knowing this could make you millions of dollars. You're you're trying to write exciting, enticing benefits about one small aspect. In other words, one very narrow feature of your product. 
Now, there's more to bullets than that. But if you think about that, you're looking at the your offer or just the actual product or service you're selling, you know, from a dozen or there we go again, that number 12 or a hundred or a thousand different ways to find the most interesting angles and then come up with an enticing benefit. Okay. And so this is hard. This is mental work. This is, it's not only using your imagination, it's, it's like, shifting gears. It's like transmutation. It's like you're you're changing dull, inert features into exciting, dynamic benefits. Okay. So it's not easy. And when you learn to do this, it can be quick. And again, if you're writing an email, you write might write five or ten bullets. If you're writing a sales letter in a niche um where your prospect is not where your product, I mean, is not uh it doesn't have a huge price. You might write 20. If you're writing a major sales letter or a VSL or a webinar, it might be 100 bullets, uh, especially for a high-ticket offer in a very competitive market. But here's the key. The thinking in writing bullets is the hardest part of writing copy, if you're writing your bullets right. So, you know, th- this... This does sound, you know, like it's hard work, and it is, but if all you're doing is writing bullets, if you don't have to make it work in the copy, if it doesn't have to be part of a narrative, if it doesn't have to be part of a sales argument that's leading from a curiosity and engagement generating headline all the way through to a close, if all you're doing is writing the bullets, that's a lot easier and a lot more doable. And Here's the other thing. As you start to write bullets, you get in a different mindset. You get in a more dynamic mindset. You get more in a state of flow, especially around this product and its benefits. And so you may come up with an idea for a headline. You may come up with an idea for a hook. You may come up with an idea for a piece of copy that's not bullets that could go in there. So a really great thing to do is just have another pad or a sheet of paper or um, another Evernote file or notebook open or another Microsoft Word file or whatever uh, word processor you use. Not everyone loves Word. Um, you know, have that open, put the idea down, and then get back to your bullets. So you can take a tangent. If you get a good idea, record it. You could even have a, a little audio recorder and record it. But, you know, finish the bullets. Now, You may end up editing these bullets. You may end up not using all these bullets. You may end up needing more bullets. The point is you're getting something solid down that you can use. So that's step three. Can I ask a question? Yes. So when you say bullets, are you saying specifically these have to be used as bullets in your copy? Or are you saying these are the points that you can, some of them can be used as bullets and some of them can be fleshed out into uh, bigger arguments rather than just a quick bullet point? Well, that's a great question. And if you don't go in with the intention that every one of these should be used, doesn't have to be, but should be used, at least usable in the copy, you're going to tend, I would think, most people would tend towards writing abstract stuff that's not going to actually sell anything, that's going to get you caught up in that cerebral world of ideas and generalities and theories. So I'd say the answer is 
No, don't write it that way. But yes, later on, you might end up doing that. It's not like you're locked into using these bullets. It's like you want to write them as though you were and then give yourself more creative freedom after you've written them. Nice. Okay. Because I've heard um, some copywriters go in and that's pretty much their whole process is just writing out bullets. And then some of them, sometimes they'll flush it into a full on sales pitch and sometimes they'll use them exclusively for bullets. So I, that clarification helps. Thanks. Sure. You're welcome. And uh, of course, that's, that's often the way it works. Um, the, the reason I don't suggest that first is if you start writing bullets without having done some research and even without doing your offer, you could veer off into wild fantasy that first of all, is going to end up disappointing a lot of customers. And secondly, could get you in hot water with what Gary Halbert used to call the alphabet agencies, mm. you know, FTC, FDA, SEC. Why, why don't they have a little uh, song on Sesame Street, you know, <laughs> about the alphabet agencies that are coming to take away your money and your freedom? Oh, no, that wouldn't go, would it? Especially since they're funded by the government. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, write, write bullets like you mean it, like you're going to use them. And then feel free to use them differently, but not until you've written the last one. Don't even think about that. Okay. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. Step four, no, we're still not writing yet. At this point, you want to outline your copy. Now, a lot of people say, well, what's an outline? Oh, David, don't just say outline your copy. I don't know what to do. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm going to reveal for the first time ever, this isn't even in any of my products, this isn't even wasn't even in my $5,000 seminar in Vegas. I'm giving it away. I'm a disruptor. Here we go. Uh, this is a place to start. If you don't know how to outline, that is, if you don't have a favorite way to do it, start here and then feel free to modify later. But but just fill in these blanks at, as a starting point, and this might end up working just fine, too. But it's a great place to start. One headline hook. And you might not have your headline or your hook yet, but, you know, put a placeholder in there. Put put something crappy in there. Um, or you could just say headline hook and and then fill it in in the next step when you start to write. But I, I put something down and then improve on it. Or maybe you'll come up with the right one. Uh, number two in this nine-step outline is your lead, your opening sentence or your first paragraph or your first 500 words. There are different definitions of leads out there, you know, coming 
from my background as a journalist, the lead is always the first sentence, but in copy, sometimes it's the first 500 words, the first couple paragraphs. Uh, three, introduce yourself or your client. Hi, my name is David Garfinkel, and I've been writing copy for 30 years, and I've made tens of millions of dollars. You know, whatever credentials you want to put in there. And of course, if you're writing for a client, you introduce your client. You, you, you don't say, hi, I'm David Garfinkel, and today I'm writing for Donald Trump, the president of the United <laughs> States, <laughs> which I don't think I do. But um, uh, all right. And then um, but just as an example, what not to do in terms of introducing. All right. Number four, talk about the problem you're solving in the letter, which or the web page or the VSL, the, the copywriting. Whatever problem it is that your product will eventually come up with, hopefully a unique and valuable solution to, so someone would want to buy that. Or uh, if it's you're not taking a problem approach, talk about the opportunity you're presenting, and and talk about this up to your offer. Make it here, and you could cut and paste your offer from the work you did in step two. I think it was step two. Yeah, step two. We're in step four now. And if you have bonuses, you know, add some copy for bonuses. Again, you're just outlining. You know, you don't need to write every word here because let me stop on number five of, of nine steps to point something out. There's a theory there's two types of writers. There are outliners and there are seat of the pants writers. Okay. And seat of the pants writers don't really like outlines, so the theory goes. And there are some people who just need to have every little inch of ground to be covered, you know, identified in advance. No matter where you find yourself on that spectrum, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know what's next, it's harder. Now, you don't need to have a whole lot of depth uh, depending on how much better it works for you to be spontaneous and free as opposed to following a strict outline. But it's good to have some idea of where you're going. And so, and again, we're trying to save time here, right? Um, we're not trying to create the greatest amount of freedom possible in a writing process that essentially keeps you behind bars for two weeks. Okay. So that's, that's why the outline number Six, present your guarantee. Number seven, make a clear but not overly aggressive call to action. We'll get to that. Number eight, give a believable reason for urgency. And number nine, give a strong call to action. I'm going to go through those steps again very quickly, and they're also in the show notes. One, headline hook. Two, lead. Three, introduce yourself or your client you're ghostwriting for. Four, Talk about the problem or the opportunity. Five, make your offer and add bonuses if you have some. Six, present your guarantee. Seven, make a clear but not overly aggressive call to action. Eight, give a believable reason for urgency. And number nine, a strong call to action with some urgency in there. Now, that's nine steps. And let's look at what you got. And from the point of view of writing, the really hard stuff where you open up the blank page, you haven't done any yet. I know you put a lot of stuff down on paper. You've done a lot of thinking. 
And that's the point. Because if you haven't done that, literally on paper, on the screen, then you're going to have to do all of those things at once when you start writing. And that's as much the reason for the blank page as anything else. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's like trying to activate five different parts of your brain all at one time. And just like a computer, if you're trying to run five different softwares uh, or applications all at once, it slows down the ability for the computer to do any one of those. So your brain's the same way. You need to you need to break it up and say, okay, first I need to work on this application, then I need to run this application, then I need to run this application. And the way that you've laid it out shows if you get this one done first, that makes this one a lot easier. Then when you get this one done, step the next step makes the next one a lot easier. And if you're trying to do them all at once, you're just going to run into basically a system crash. You, you are, unless you've got most of those things done sort of intuitively or previously or from knowledge you've picked up working in the business or having written for them before or or your own business before okay but but yeah you're absolutely right that was really i like the software example a lot that makes good sense it's easy to understand now let's talk about step five step five is right now right with a w w r i t e because there is another word that begins with w for right that we're not even talking about like a playwright or a wheelwright okay um now gene schwartz who wrote Breakthrough Advertising he gave a couple of lectures. They're very hard to find, but you can find them on the internet. He spoke to Rodale, which is, or maybe was, I think they're going out of business, a, uh, a health, you know, mail order publisher, especially health. And, and then Philips, which is also uh, transformed, been acquired, broken up, another company, newsletter publishing company. Gene said that copywriting is not really writing in the same way you might write a novel or even write an article. He said it's much more assembling. You're taking all these different pieces and putting them together. Well, that's not too useful if you don't have pieces to put in there, <laughs> right? But with this system, you do. You you have bullets and you know you have research, you have an offer. And and so you're not reaching deep inside you to try and run five computer programs at once. You're basically looking at the prep work you've done to find out which ingredient goes here and there. And look, this doesn't make copy, you know, as easy as, um, I don't know, sending out a bunch of meaningless tweets. Obviously, it, it still requires focus and it still requires some thinking. Yet, I've known business owners who've told me they've spent as much as 50, that's 50 hours of work, of focused work, putting it together a sales letter. Anybody who's in that situation, this is going to cut your time in half at a bare minimum of, of time savings. And if it usually takes you about four days to put a sales letter together or, you know, another piece of copy together, this could almost certainly cut it down to two. As you get more experienced with this method, it could cut your writing time by as much as 90%. You can literally uh, write 10 times faster. 
with this, but not for every piece and not all the time. I know that there are a few sales letters where there are templates that I've pretty much internalized and I could I could put together a sales letter that would work of that type in one to two hours. Now, doesn't mean there there are still things that take me weeks to do, but a lot of it depends on how technical it is and how intricate it is and how competitive the market is and a number of other things. But once you have a method like this, you're just going to take so much weight off of your shoulders when you're writing. And uh, it, it is going to save you time. And not only that, your copy is going to be get better. You're probably going to get a better response. Yeah, absolutely. I think one big takeaway from this is what you just said. After a while, this starts to become intuitive. And I know when I first started writing emails and when I first started writing sales pages, I would just sit there and stare at the screen for the longest time. And now when I go to write something, uh, I do a lot of these steps in my head in advance, and uh, I write some of these steps down in advance. And that way, when it, when it comes time to actually do the writing, uh, specifically for like email, when I'm taking a shower in the morning or when I'm making my breakfast in the morning, I'll have a couple ideas of how am I going to hook them in? What am I, what's the point of this going to be? How am I going to make my argument? And then by the time that I get to the computer to actually sit down and write, I've already got most of these steps already filled out in my brain. But if I just go straight to the computer without having done these steps, uh, it's, it's, it's just an exercise in futility. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Well, that's proof positive. Thanks for um, bringing the real world into this in, in your own in your own uh, experience, Nathan. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, David, again, <laughs> every once in a while we do an episode where I feel like this should have been a paid course rather rather than just a podcast episode. This was definitely one of those. Um, so thank you so much for bringing this to me and to the listeners. What do we have coming up next week? Well, you're you're welcome. And before I tell you, why don't we put a tin cup up on the site so people can make contributions? This should have been a paid course. Just kidding. Okay, next time um, we're going to talk about what copy should you write after the sale, not not to be a good person, but to make more money. Nice. Not to be a bad person, but the reason (laughs) is to make more money. (laughs) there's nothing wrong with making more money all right david again fantastic episode thank you so much copywriters out there thank you for tuning in and we will catch you next time see you next time before we go a quick question would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast let me give you an easy way to contact me about that We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast.